in the story that we just saw from the Dillard family, we just unpacked care a little bit more. That's our goal for the month of March. We want to unpack care. We want to see what it looks like. We want to see how people have experienced care. And I love even the comment from the Dillard family where they said, now that we've been cared for, uh, it, it makes us want to care for others. It, it shows us how to care for others. Uh, we're looking at stories from life experiences, and we're looking at stories from God's Word that shows us the power and the purpose for caring for others. Uh, today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a message that I want to call very simply, Roof-Wrecking Care. Roof-Wrecking Care. Let me tell you what God's taught me this week about care. About the kind of people that are roof-wrecking people. You say, what does that mean? Well, stay with me for a few minutes and I think you'll get it. But here's what I've learned about roof-wrecking people. Uh, Roof-wrecking people care relentlessly for those in need because they believe Jesus will do extraordinary things that many believe is impossible. Let me, let me say that again. Roof-wrecking people care relentlessly for those in need because they believe Jesus will do extraordinary things that many people believe are impossible. Um, and let me go ahead and just float this question out there for us to consider. Let it be what's overriding all of what we'll talk about for a few minutes. And here's the question. What roof-wrecking care does God have for you to do? I want you to be thinking about that, be praying about that. And as we unpack care, I want you to think about, is there something that God has in store for you to be a part of that shows relentless care, that will require Jesus to do some impossible things, and that might bear the fruit of people saying, we saw Jesus do something extraordinary. Let's look together in Luke chapter 5. If you find your Bible and open it to Luke chapter 5, I know you'd be in a lot of different places. You may be just listening to this message as you drive. You may be sitting in your den. Uh, the weather's changing a little bit. You may have moved to an outdoor uh, patio and just and watching this message online, but Whatever the setting, let's look at God's word and I want you to open it to Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. It's a fascinating story. In Luke chapter 5 verse 17, you start reading with the very first verse. It says, on one of those days, and I want to stop right there. On one of those days. When you read this passage of scripture here, it it. It just sets up as being just an average day. Just an average day, 90 miles north of Jerusalem in a city called Capernaum. Just any old day in this city of Capernaum, 90 miles north of Jerusalem. 
on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, just in one of those days, north of Jerusalem, in Capernaum, on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, in a house where a lot of people have packed in. And when you look at this scene in Luke chapter 5 on just any ordinary day, we see Jesus teaching, we see people critiquing, we see crowds listening, we see the Lord healing, and we see some men caring. And it's what these men do in this caring episode that I want us to unpack today learn some things about care and apply in our lives as we care for others Luke, look in the gospel of Luke here chapter 5 verse 17 on one of those days as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with him to heal and behold some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God and amazement seized them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. It was in a scene of extraordinary care that Jesus has the opportunity to perform extraordinary things. When roof-wrecking people care, we get to see extraordinary things. And that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that in the life of our church that God would just do something fresh in our heart, in our minds, in our life. That we would become these kind of people that we read about here in Luke chapter 5. And through that, we would see great glory given to God. We'd see great praise given to Jesus, we would see extraordinary things accomplished for his name. So let's see what we can see when we unpack this story of care. I want to break it out in three, three scenes. Here's what we get to see. We get to see, number one, what people are willing 
to do. When, when people have this roof-wrecking care, when people care like these guys care, what jumps off the page at me in this fascinating story is what they were willing to do. And we, and we get to see what people are willing to do just in this, in this story. We, we, we make the statement sometimes, I can't believe what lengths they went to to do that or do this. And, and that's what we learn in this story. We're able to see what lengths people are willing to go to in order to help someone else. And it shows up. This, I, I think the Gospel of Luke is my favorite gospel. I think that this story is my favorite story in the Gospel of Luke. And to, to see how they cared for someone, to see how they worked together, to see how they went to Jesus with him, to see what Jesus did, to see the response in the guy whose life was changed forever. I, I want to see a lot of things when I get to heaven, but I think this is on the top ten list. I want to see these four guys that brought him. I want to see this guy that was healed and I, I want to find out what happened after this what, where they wound up when they uh, kept living and experiencing life we see what they were willing to do to care for this guy well exactly specifically what were they willing to do four answers to that they were willing to believe Impossible needs could be met by Jesus. They were willing to believe that impossible needs could be met by Jesus. No medical doctor had helped this paralyzed man. Uh, no home remedy had helped this paralyzed man. Twice it mentions that he was paralyzed. The uh, Greek word there sometimes refers to uh, something we might refer to as palsy. Uh, it, it's possible that he, he wasn't able to walk because his body would shake uncontrollably. We just know in this story that he was disabled. He, he was not able to move himself. He was not able to get himself to different places. And with this physical disability, uh, there was nothing that anybody had been able to do. But these guys, and I keep... I believe referring, maybe I've already said it once, these four guys. We, we don't read that it's four guys in Luke chapter 5, but this story is told in three different Gospels of the New Testament. And each one of those tellings in each Gospel gives a, a little bit different detail. One story tells us that it took place in Capernaum. Another account in the Gospel tells us that there were four guys uh, we do not get either one of those facts here in Luke's gospel. But we do get the picture that these four guys were willing to believe that impossible needs could be met by Jesus. It had gotten out that the Lord was, uh, was healing in that area. And they believed that if they could get this guy to Jesus, then Jesus could do the impossible. A strong indicator that God is ready to work is when he puts something on your heart bigger than what you can do yourself. It, it just it goes beyond what you can do. There's, just, there's a faith element to it. It, it takes believing that God's going to have to come through 
And when we look at needs and observe needs in people's lives, we may look and say, I know what they need, but I don't know that I have the ability to do it. And it's almost like Jesus is standing in the room saying, do you believe? Do you believe I can do the impossible? Do you see the need? God's put it on your heart. Be willing to believe impossible needs can be met by Jesus. Number two, what were they willing to do? They were willing to work together to do more. This wasn't one guy that found the one paralyzed guy and said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to Jesus. If I could figure out a way to carry you, if I could figure out a way to roll you. But, but it's, it's neat to me that we see that this was... This was plural. This was men. These were guys that came together. Another gospel says four of them. And they had to work together. Don't you wonder about their personalities? Don't you wonder who was the guy that said out loud, um, what if we took him? Uh, maybe these four guys were friends with this guy already. Maybe they had seen him in their city. Maybe they were related to him. Somehow, those four guys got together and they were able to do something when they worked together just a moment ago listening to the Dillard, Josh and Brittany's story. We were able to hear them talk about multiple people doing multiple things. We heard them speak of not just one card, but cards. We heard them speak not just of one meal, but meals uh, and, and we didn't hear them speak of just their small group. They spoke, spoke of their small group and their Sunday class. And it's just a picture of what can happen when we come together to meet the needs of others. Uh, this meeting of a need for this guy was not a one-man plan. It was a four-guy try. They, they came together and they said, let's, let's do this together. You take a corner, I'll get a corner, you get a corner, you get a corner. We'll be able to get on all four corners and we can get him to Jesus. It's interesting to me that God usually puts a need on the heart of more than just one person. Have you found that to be true? You're sitting around thinking that maybe you're the only one that's come up with that idea. But when you start talking about it to somebody else... So many times, one of the confirming things that God is in it is that somebody else has already thought of it too. But not really thought of it. God's already put it in their heart. And, and they were willing to work together to do more. Here's the third thing. What were they willing to do? They were willing to go around obstacles to helping others. Helping others can get messy. I mean, that's, that is the reality. If we're, if we're just looking for this neat, concise, not very messy, just in and out real quick, we can meet a need, get out of there, uh, that's not usually the way meeting needs work. It, it so often is messy. Uh, does it really, we don't really know what all it's going to take. We don't really know where the end point is. We don't really know what it might cost. But they were willing to go around the obstacles to helping others. And where do we see this? You see it in verse 18. It says, they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Verse 19, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. You see, the crowd was an obstacle. 
their plan A was to, for the four of them to get a hold of the mat and get him to where Jesus was teaching and healing, walk him in the front door, set him down in front of Jesus and let Jesus do what Jesus could do. But when they get there, they run into this immediate obstacle. Uh, who knows how long they had had to carry him, how heavy he was, or what they had to do to find the location. But they get there, and they could have quit right there. But they were willing to go around the obstacles. They were willing to go around the crowd to keep meeting the need. And that brings us to the fourth thing. Uh, they were willing to go outside the box to meet a need. I guess you could say they were willing to go on the roof. And even a step further, they were willing to go through the roof to meet a need. And it just shows that when you get involved in caring for people, that there are going to be obstacles, there are going to be roadblocks, there are going to be surprises, there are going to be hiccups along the way. There might be some setbacks before you get a breakthrough. And, and they were willing to keep going relentlessly. And when you see they're willing to go up on the roof, look at it. It says that they went up on the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Now, that's a quick sentence that shows them really wrecking the roof, pulling back the sealer of the tiles, pulling back the tiles. You, you wonder from the inside the noise that the people heard and the dust that started falling into the crowd and the particles that started landing on the floor. And, and, and then there comes this mat right down through the room into the front of Jesus, right in front of him. It shows extra mile care. It shows relentless care. They could have quit five times. When we look into what care is, we see what people are willing to do, what roof wrecking people are willing to do. There's so many unknowns. There's so many limitations. There's so many obstacles. There's so many reasons to fear or worry or think it can't be done. But the challenge here for us in these days from God's word is to be a people that are like these roof-wrecking people, like these four guys that are willing to believe the impossible, willing to work together, willing to go around obstacles, willing to go outside the box to care. Here's the second thing we see. We get to see what Jesus is able to do. When we see what people are willing to do we also get to see what Jesus is able to do. It's possible, listen, it's possible that we miss Jesus doing impossible, extraordinary things because we're not paying attention to the needs of others around us. And when we do become aware of those needs, that we don't show this relentless kind of care. But not in this case. We're able to see what Jesus uh, was able to do. Look at it. It says in verse 20, they've just lowered this guy down in front of Jesus in the middle of this crowd in this house. And it says, and when he saw their faith, what a powerful statement. 
when he saw their, not the faith of the man on the mat, not the faith of the crowd, but the faith of the four guys that cared enough to break through the obstacles, get him on the roof, down through the roof, in front of Jesus. It says, when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. It was the physical need that got the guy in the place for Jesus to meet his greatest need. His greatest need was not physical healing. That was the need that got him to Jesus. But when he got to Jesus, Jesus met his greatest need. Really here, we see that Jesus was able to do three things. All related to healing. Jesus was able to heal physically. We read a little further and this argument breaks out on whether or not Jesus was blaspheming. He says, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees, the religious crowd of the day, the doctors of the law, they said, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Was that true? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Was that true? Well, the first statement was not true. Jesus was not speaking uh, blasphemies here. But the second statement they made was absolutely true. It was true that only God can forgive sins. But it was untrue that he was speaking blasphemies. Because God in front of them was forgiving sins. In fact, Jesus said, let me show you my authority. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Here's what he did. The physical need meeting that Jesus performed right there in that guy's life, became the evidence that his spiritual needs had been met. And Jesus could say, your sins are forgiven. And they would look and say, well, you're lying. There's no way you could do that. Jesus said, I'll show you that that's true because I'll show you what I can do physically. And he, and he used the physical need in the life of this man to prove his authority, to prove his deity, to prove his power to forgive sins. He was able to do both. Jesus healed physically. Jesus healed spiritually. And ultimately it meant that Jesus healed eternally. And that's, that's important because this, this guy, even though he was made to be able to walk again, someday he would die. And his physical health would not matter for eternity. And when Jesus met his spiritual need of his sins being forgiven, even though this guy would die one day physically, he would live forever, eternally. And then let me pull this together and, and tie it to what we're talking about with care. When we care for other people, may we notice or become aware of some physical need. Our care lays roads and paths for the power of Jesus to travel. He, he works through the needs of others. He works through us caring for the lives of others. He works through people to 
get the most desperate needs that they have met. When you're looking around and you become aware of a need that seems impossible to meet, that seems impossible for you to meet alone, that seems like there's too many obstacles to meet them, I want to ask you to keep this in mind. I want you to consider when you're battling with relentless care, consider what Jesus may do in the life of that person that matters for eternity if you stay with it. You just keep meeting a need there. You keep caring in that situation. Think about not what a difference it might make for that week or that month or that year or even that life. Think about what difference it may make for eternity. We've asked, our question, we've asked this question this week around here. What would be the modern day equivalent of tearing through a roof? in Oconee County or wherever you are today. Modern day equivalent to tearing through a roof usually is going to involve something that just looks really difficult. Looks like uh, some people might try to say, you're really going to do that? It probably involves something that crosses some kind of social barrier. It involves something that really taxes us when it comes to the cost or it really strains us when it comes to time it really affects us when it comes to energy and effort when you consider fostering you could look at that and say man that's that's going to be hard I don't know if I can do that by myself when you look at Serving maybe at a pregnancy center. And you say, ah, there's so many painful situations that we might be in. Some heartbreaking situations we might be a part of. You think about donating your skills or making that visit or having that conversation or including that person in your group or crossing that social barrier. All of those things in some possible way could be like tearing through a roof. So we're going to try to meet that need. Somebody over here saying, really? Really? Are you sure about that? And I want to remind you of what Jesus is able to do when we show relentless care, roof-wrecking care. Here's the third and last thing. When we unpack care from this passage, we see what people were willing to do. We see what Jesus is able to do. And we're... We get to see what others desperately need us to do. This guy was paralyzed and getting to Jesus was not something that he could do himself. But he desperately needed someone else in his life that would introduce him to eternal life. Listen, maybe he thought he just needed to walk. When Jesus saw him, he knew that he needed more than just being able to walk. And sometimes people know what their surface need is without even knowing what their most desperate need is. And when we step into lives of people and we start caring for them, Jesus starts working and he begins to just maybe work even deeper than we ever knew that he would work. And maybe we thought we were providing a meal and Jesus is saying, 
I'm the bread of life. We, we think we're going to meet some kind of physical need in Jesus. We're going to meet spiritual needs. We think we're providing some relational need, some friendship here. And Jesus is saying, I want an eternal relationship with this person. We've talked about four traits that keep showing up in care in the New Testament. Those traits are unconditional acceptance and intentional action, faithful presence, and outrageous generosity. This shows up in this story and in this person's desperate need. That he needed somebody else to step in and accept him, not, not be standoffish of him when he had this physical infirmity. He needed somebody to be intentional and say, hey, we're going to be here. You be ready. We're taking you. We're going. There was intentionality in their action. Faithful presence. They didn't leave him at the front door when they couldn't get him in front of Jesus. They stayed with him, got him on the roof, got him down in front of Jesus. Outrageous generosity. Imagine just the cost socially for them. To do something so outrageous as tearing through the roof of this house. You know what that guy needed? What that guy needed that was on that mat that day, he needed, he needed somebody else to believe for him. He needed somebody else to believe for him. Him. And one of the things that happens when we care for others is that oftentimes we're stepping in believing that God can do something in their life when that individual has already stopped believing or they're just, they don't have the strength even to believe. We step in with care and Jesus looks and I love that statement. He says, when he saw their faith. And just ask us to imagine what God might do in somebody else's life through our faith. They believed for him and they stayed with him to the end. Have you heard that before? Last week when Pastor Joel talked about the Good Samaritan, that last point of his message was that they, when you care... It, it, it's, a, it's a care that sees through to the end. And that's what these guys did. A couple of statements of application here. Relentless care, roof-wrecking care is look-around care. It, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't um, like the whole crowd knew what the need was. These four guys somewhere, somehow had become aware of the need. And by looking around and paying attention to the needs around them, they were able to get this guy to Jesus. I want to exhort you to look around, to listen, to watch. Second point of application is this. Your circle of contact is your mission field of care. Your circle of contact is your mission field of care. In your school, in the lunchroom, there's your mission field of care. On your team, in your dorm, 
in your apartment complex, in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Your circle of contact is your mission field of care. Let me go back to that question again. What roof-wrecking care does God want you to do? What is it that he's got planned for your life? What is it he's calling you to do? It may take some other people. It, 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 it's going to require him doing the impossible. Can I show you the fruit of this before we leave this? He says, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Look at it, verse 25. Immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home. Next phrase, glorifying God. How did that show up? Was he singing? Was he dancing? Was he running? Was he shouting? Did he have both hands in the air? Somehow he was voicing it to where the crowd knew that not the four guys, but God himself was getting the glory for what had happened in his life. That's what happens when we show relentless care. That's what happens when we show roof-wrecking care. I love that the guys' names are not mentioned in this story. The one healed is not named, and the four guys that brought him to Jesus, not named, because it was not about their name. It's amazing what God will do when we care for others, and we don't care about getting the credit. It's amazing what God will do when we care for others, but we don't care about getting the credit. And that's what happened. These guys just kind of fade away, but this guy who's been healed glorifies God. And then look, it goes further. And amazement seized them all. Maybe it seized the four guys. Maybe it seized the whole crowd there. They were amazed at what they had seen. They glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. God is the same yesterday and today. And if we want to see extraordinary things done for the glory of God, let's unpack care and let's demonstrate roof wrecking care in the lives around us. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we know in our heart no one has ever cared for us like you. And Lord, with that simple truth that changes our lives and eternity, I pray it be written over and over and over again in the lives of others. For people say, no one ever cared for me like those Jesus people. Those relentless people. Those roof-wrecking people. And God, we pray, we pray, we pray. Lord, that through caring for others, that their lives would be changed, not just physically, but eternally, for your glory your name. In Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.